This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane here as always with the one, the only, Chris Valente. Chris, hello. Wow, that's a big intro. Thanks for that. Appreciate it. Should have been Michael Buffer. Bruce Buffer. Who's the first one? Michael Buffer, Michael, right? Michael. Now Bruce Buffer does it. Let's get ready to rumble. I saw some crazy number. He makes like, made like $100 million or something like that off of Let's Get Ready to Rumble. Uh, it's everywhere. I'm very jealous of that fact. I, I I'm pretty sure. That's a Michael Buffer. I gotta I gotta search this. Michael Michael Buffer. Um, I gotta uh, we gotta find out what uh, he gets paid on this because I'm pretty sure it's millions and millions and millions. Of By the way, this will be my last episode as I fully plan on winning the Mega Millions tomorrow night for 975 million dollars. So um, it's tomorrow night, by the way. I think so. So uh, farewell to you all. I will be on the beach in my own private island, away from all the COVID. Uh, adios. It's been fun. You realize when you sign the deal uh, to be... I know, 50-50. Uh, <laughs> 50-50, right? Even, even when you... Uh, I, I can still make it by at $500 million. I'll be okay. So I'll You'll give you okay. half. You got to take it in lump sum, by the way. Of course. What are we, what are we like, crazy here? Give me that, give me that cash. Just... Yeah, take the money. I think that I think I saw it was like seven sixty was the cash lump sum. Oh well, take I'll be, that. I'll be okay. Seven sixty is the cash lump sum, and you walk away with sixty percent of that, sixty five percent of that, or so. Yeah, you'd probably end up with like around five hundred. You'd run around like five hundred million. Right. You make you make lifetimes off interest. Oh, that's from one percent is fifty million a year. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> that's nuts, isn't it? Oh no. Five million a year. Five million a year. I'm just on five million a year. Yeah, yeah fine. I, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be okay there too. I'll be okay. Five million dollars. Five million a year in interest. Nuts. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. So. That's okay. I, 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 have you ever thought about like what you'd do with it? Oh, absolutely. All, all the time. I would. What would, you, what was it? What would be the first thing besides? I don't know. Like a nice, uh, sell your house and go to a nice house and you know retire and that kind of stuff. What are you doing that's probably different? Then what's the unique thing besides like a house and a, you know, the house and a car or something like that? Uh, I buy a really, really nice boat. Really nice boat? Yeah, a really nice boat. And a captain to drive me around, like for sure. Like, and I'd probably. If you get that much of a boat, you have to have a captain. I'd probably buy a plane too. For like, I'd fly, I would only fly private from that point on. Like, see, I hear, I hear the, the phrase is once you get to that level, if it floats and it flies, you rent it. Because it's just so expensive. Yeah, but I have five hundred million dollars. Yeah, but don't you think at some point you'd still be like, ah, eh, that's a little expensive. No. I'm not buying no. a four dollar and fifty cent coffee. No, 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 no. 
You just made, you just talked about you made $5 million on interest. Like that paid for my, that pays for my, my gas on my plane or whatever. Yes. No, I, if you made 1% too, no, I go put it on, I'd fly to Vegas and I put it all on black. Like double, make me a billion. Yeah, double, double it or lose it all. I'm a billionaire or I'm, I'm broke again. So no, but yeah, I would, I would 100% give a ton of it away for yeah. sure. I would, you'd have to find friends that you're willing to essentially pay not to work because what are you going to do all day? Like we're too young to just retire by yourself. Yeah. What are you going to do? Like right? you can't just go hang out every day, all day and do nothing. Like you need people to hang out with. So you'd have to hire like an entourage. Like I'd go try and live the life of entourage, like the movie. I think I would be so, uh, I would play it as you would well imagine. I would play golf as much as I could. Right. I would have buy a golf course. Of... You could build your own golf course. Yeah, yeah, but I bet that gets expensive fast. Yeah, but you make money back on it when you pay people are playing it. People invest in golf courses. You could totally go invest in a golf course. You could, I could, a- a- absolutely. I, uh, I think, I would like create a like a really big non-profit like. Oh yeah, I'd all be all charity. Like work. a really big non-profit. Business. That's all I would do. I wouldn't work anymore. I would just do charity work. That's the only thing that I would, would do. That would keep your mind sharp because the last thing you want to do is like blah, veg. No, I, I would not. I would I would not have a day to day job. No chance. Uh, I would 1,000%. I want to live the Jordan life. Jordan plays 18 holes every morning. Totally, like you could play 36 and then, holes. Like, <laughs> you had nothing to do. Yeah, right. <laughs> Get up, you play 18 holes, and then you kind of start your day in... The, Where would you set up shop, though? Where would you live? The Cape on the, and there in the summer. Too much family in the Northeast, and I love the Cape, right? The Cape is my thing. Yep. Uh, in the, during the summer, and then in the winter... Uh, great question, I don't know. It wouldn't be I'd have, in the Cape. Well, I'd have multiple, mul- yeah, right. multiple residents. I'd definitely have some place in Hawaii... No doubt about that. Hawaii, absolutely. Hawaii is my favorite place on earth. Uh, Italy, so far. Italy, I'd have a place, no doubt. Um, See, I don't know if I would. I get, I would be so cheap. I'd be like, I just rent the place, right? You rent the nicest place. How often are you going to Italy? Why do you need to own something? Why do you have to? Because that's you know, a better investment. Take... It's an investment too. You're actually going to make money on set. It's real estate. You know how people get rich in the world. It's real estate. Yeah, you're right. If I, if you, okay, if you bought a million dollar villa in Italy. A million, a million dollars. You still have four hundred and ninety-nine, <laughs> nine million. Like, what do you mean you're gonna be cheap? What are you doing? Uh, I, I, I think I'd be a little cheap. You could I give don't know why. I just think give, I would be like, do we really need the villa in the? Uh, yes. In in Italy. Yes. Be like, we'll just go there for a couple weeks. You could rent it out when you're not there. You would. It's an income property. What are you talking about? Then you'd have to like have people. Even by the way, like you don't even need to do income property. You have a half a billion dollars. What are we talking about? It's cheap. <laughs> be like, all right, I'll go buy a sports team. No, that's that a, seems like too much work. That seems yeah, no, work. exactly. I don't want too stress. I don't want stress. I don't want any of that. I would just, I would want to do charity work. I would want to give back, take care of all my friends and family. I'd get, and I, I've also thought about this. I don't think I would give people lump sums because that's I I feel like that's dangerous for some folks. I literally would probably give them all credit cards that I would have a limit on like debit cards. Not not debit like credit. Where I put a limit on that they could spend, and I would just pay it off for them as it goes, rather than be like, "Oh, here's three million dollars," and they go buy something stupid, and I'm like, "Oh, well, that was a blow." I'm like, 
kind of like yeah, control right. their spending while they but never have to worry about money ever again. Like, oh, you need yeah, to go right. buy something? Here's a credit card. Like, have fun. Yeah, I could see that. That's a awfully uh, awfully nice. But you gotta give them away. I mean, you gotta give us a ton of money. Away. Oh my god! Yeah, you, you, what am I gonna do with all that? That's like. Again, you're for you. You're being cheap and not buying houses in Italy. But, like. but I would have, I would, I would probably have golf memberships at every like top golf course. The, ever. the one thing I don't care about that I used to care about that I probably wouldn't blow my money on is cars. Yeah, I, I, same. I would, same. I would one hundred percent have a driver though. I would not drive anymore. I'm not sitting in traffic. I would one thousand percent have a car and a driver. I see. I hate being the passenger. I have to drive. Like, if you were to go on a long trip, Amy and I, perfect example. Amy and I moved from Omaha, Nebraska to Scranton, Pennsylvania. And I, uh, and comp- I, at one point, I had to drive Amy's car with her in it, the dogs in the back of the car, along with like a little mini trailer. The rest of the stuff was coming on like a, a, a big, uh, big semi truck. I drove the entire way. I no, like, I am the from complete Omaha opposite. To... I'm the complete opposite. I want nothing to do about being behind the wheel. I could. It drives me so to boredom, like driving. I, I, I don't like it. That's why I wouldn't spend oh. money on car. Like going, th- I'd like I'd like to go fast. Like I would like to have a car that could go really fast and like yeah. But just driving, I'm like nah. Yeah, I drove the entire way. I don't. I don't. Like being the passenger, unless I get like super, super tired or something like that. It's like my. I want to drive. My I want to drive. Second favorite thing about traveling for work is going into an Uber <laughs> because I don't have because <laughs> I don't have to drive. I love the Uber. I love Uber. I'm like great. I get in the back seat. Don't have to do anything. Just sit there. When I get there, I get there. I don't have to be bothered by people being dumb drivers. Give me the Uber. I would hunt. I would have a. I'd have a car. That's a nice car and a and a driver. I. That would be one of the number one things on my agenda for being that rich. Yeah, I could see having the yacht, the nice like. The oh, I would thing. totally have a nice, really nice boat, really nice. Yeah, boat. Tiger Woods has one of those things. They like takes the golf tournaments. I, I would like up and down the East Coast. I actually would be less. I, I like driving. I do like driving boats, so I'd be less inclined to get the captain, like I mentioned earlier. I I would be cool with just like going out. Yeah, in the but water. on something that big, you would. Need... Oh yeah, if we're talking like if we're talking a mass like a. You're not talking a little. Uh, if we're talking John Henry yacht raft. Yeah, no, no, we're not getting a Boston whaler here. We're getting like. Yeah. <laughs> a big behemoth, but yeah, no, I, I a plane, a boat, a couple houses, and then I would just like do charity work and to your point, yeah, golf when I want to golf. I'd start. I'd start my own. Start my own charity. Anyway, that's not what most likely is going to happen. But if it is, I wish you nothing but the best, and I hope I get one of those credit cards. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you have to find um, a new co-host, but you'll have a credit card. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so I wanted to give you a, a little update on. I feel like I'm giving the world an update about what's going on with the Worcester Red Sox, and you know we're hiring two jobs. We're one of the teams that are hiring, right? <laughs> Woohoo! So right now we're in second interview time of a ticket sales job. Excuse me. Um, and then next week we have a second interviews job for the corporate partnership services. Okay. How many people made it to the second round? Call it 15. That's a lot. Jeez. There's 300 people. No, right? I know. That's a lot though. 30, we probably did 30 to um, thirty to the fir- 31st round ones. So you, went to, so you cut in half. Cut it half. How many more rounds it, are you going? Four probably. You go four more rounds or four rounds? No, total? four total. 
Got right. It. So the third round, I want to get people's input who will be on the ticket sale, like our ticket sales team currently. Yep. They're all talking to them. They're like, if they're not buying in on the person that we're bringing in, I'm not bringing them in, right? Bringing them in, right? Doesn't culture matter. fit, yeah. Culture fit. Got to gotta fit. Um, and then you got to talk to the big bosses too, right? So that's why I say four. Um, and Larry talks to everyone, right? Larry talks to every single one. And... Uh, which is great. You know, I want, you know, we, we, I, I like when Larry's inputs, uh, there. Um, so anyway, we're on the second interviews and for the most part, they've been pretty good. Kind of, st- I'll call them standard one, um, standard, uh, that was, uh, overachieved in my opinion. You know how we're talking we talk here for the last, I don't know, 10 months during this whole damn COVID thing. Like, what are you going to do during COVID? What are you going to do during COVID? What are you going to do during COVID? Right. And a lot of these people that we're talking to, you know, they're this is an entry level job. Right. So they're just starting and they either had their internship canceled or they were with somebody in the beginning. And then that ended because of covid. Right. So it's there's a lot of covid related uh, discussions here. So one of the guys, it was a guy, um, you know, had his resume and they had it all set. It was fine. I know on the left side, they sometimes put skills and that kind of stuff. He had a section of his resume, what I did during COVID. <laughs> and it was doubled my LinkedIn followers. Second, took six sales uh, webinars. Third was, um, I don't remember, it was something else, but it was impressive. And uh, it was like, oh, that's what she did, right? And it was like, well, that person just didn't sit on his uh, on his ass and not do anything he actually, you know, did stuff and that he was, uh, that he was proud of. And I was like, that's cool. And the best part listener. And, uh, I said, I am 100% going to talk about that <laughs> when we record our podcast. So that's true. That's a very creative way to call attention to a very hard thing to put on paper, right? Like how do you, cause you know, that's going to come up. So I kudos to that person for thinking outside the box to bring it to life on a resume. Cause that's always, it's always tough. Like people always ask for feedback on resumes and opinions on f- formats. And like, I'm, I'm like, honestly formatting that's personal preference, but it, yeah, right. it's substance matters and what you do matters. Like key highlights, key, key career moments, everything that you do is definitely what going to grab people's eyes. And if you can bring that to life with a section, that's going to stand out. Great. I was surprised about this. This surprised that we were hiring a ticket sales job. No one knew, like they didn't, they haven't like researched the tickets. Nobody. Which is it doesn't seem like it thus far. Maybe I haven't dived too deep. Like I would know every single ticket that you have or ask some questions about it, wouldn't you? Yes, that's if the product that I'm going to be one selling. On a day-to-day basis, I would be making sure that I'm very comfortable with said product. <laughs> right. So anyway, that's one criticism that I've got. I haven't been great on the preparation side that I would say overly. But I've had some pretty good questions. Uh, you know, one of the questions I'm starting to ask a lot is, you know, tell me about, you know, why are you doing this? Right? Why? 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 Your why, why right? You, tell me your why. Why are you applying for your you know, this job? And I will say I get a lot of the 
you know, you know, I, I always wanted to be involved in sports and that kind of stuff. And I, we blow our brains out about this. So I give him a little hell and I say, I've always really liked food. I'm not a chef. Hey! Tell me really why you're doing this. Where'd you learn right? that That's one? That's Chris, Chris Valente line. <laughs> Uh, so then you kind of get into it because I don't think that they kind of understand what the question is. You know, I'm doing this because, you know, I want to share experiences that I've had at ballparks and, you know, walking through the tunnel uh, and then seeing the field. That, you know, made gives me a special feeling in my stomach, and that's why I want to do this. I think I can do a good job of rekindling, you know, uh, selling that experience. There, there, there it is. You're hired. There, there it is. You're hired. Right? So... Um, it's just, yeah, I, it's, it's, I've been, I've been getting more and more blunt <laughs> on my informational interviews. And I think people are appreciating it because they keep coming back for more. And like, I had someone the other day tell me like, thank you for crushing my soul. And I was like, oh, I hope I didn't do that. But <laughs> <laughs> thank you for crushing my soul. Yeah. But they were, what the hell kind of compliment is that? But they, they were like, no, it, it was like what I needed to hear. Right. Like I really needed to hear and have someone challenge me to go in f deeper to understand what what am I trying to accomplish and why I'm trying to accomplish it versus the whole like, oh, I played baseball. I love baseball. My family's a baseball nut family. I, I love the Red Sox working for the triple A baseball team. Of the Red Sox would be a dream come true. Like, yeah, like that doesn't it's just so it doesn't move the needle. You're just in that pile of like, eh, right. Yeah. yeah. You didn't separate yourself. It wasn't. You didn't. Unique. You didn't show that you understand the business, right? You you right. don't understand the product. You understand baseball, but that doesn't mean you should necessarily understand what it's going to take on a day to day basis to be successful in this role. And I think that's where people just like sometimes fall short until someone calls them out on it. Because I think more than anything, that answer is still the most important answer you give in an interview, because yeah. our minds, especially people like us who are vets, go one of two ways: either like Oh shit. Like this person yeah, right. just doesn't get it or like hallelujah. Yes. We found someone. You next person needs to talk to this person. You're on the next round. Let's go. Like it's it's a make or break question. And if you don't go in prepared with that answer, you're you're either going to be like the in the empire or on the round of 32, 16, 4, 2, and we'll talk about someone who did that very recently, who's very close to you and I, that made that all yeah, happen right. because of the preparation that we did and went through. And then, um, but I'm also curious, like, what other stuff is happening in these second rounds that got is getting you excited about potentially hiring some of these folks? Some good candidates, right? And I think one of the things that I can see is that I don't know if I'm good at it or not, but like I can see if you're genuine or you're bullshitting me. You have the bullshit. Because you have a bullshit meter. I, I the old adage you can't bullshit a bullshitter. Are we gonna have to put the <laughs> expletive thing on this this time? Um, like there's some people that you know there's one uh, there was a person that I was talking to that it was like he kept using the term like I just want to go in there and uh, and grind it out right like. It was a college athlete, and it was like, uh, yeah. I, I, one of the questions I asked, I said, "Okay, what does your, um, what if I were to go pull your team, pull your teammates? What are your teammates going to say about you?" And he came out and he said, "Is like, you know, I, I like to have a good time, but he goes, I think that I, uh, I think they would say that he's a grinder, right? Like, 
you know, when no one wanted to get up and, and, and work, you know, my senior year, I tried to help push those guys o over the edge to get in the weight room or to, you know, do the extra, uh, cal you know, the extra uh, running or whatever that you had to do. Right. So, and I was like, it's a good answer. Yeah. Cause right? you're, you're that, being a leader without having the title. But you're also, yeah, but you're also being genuine, right? It's not like, well, let me tell you how great I am. And I can just, like, see through that. Like, not that. Yeah, and you don't want someone on the team. Almost like you're a tryhard. Like, don't. Yeah, don't be a hardo. I want you to try hard. Yeah, don't but be. But don't be a tryhard. Don't be a hardo. Yeah. Don't be a hardo. Don't be a hardo. Yeah. And Sometimes, that's what you want to do. There was one interview. And I just like I got off the thing and I talked to the other guy that on my staff. Hardo, <laughs> and you're not, and like you're done, right? Like you're not gonna fit. Yeah, no, you're, that guy's just not gonna do. It. Like you're not gonna fit in the culture. What was their name? Can I say? I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. Can I say one thing that I'm struggling with? And we we've uh, you know we've tried to make a point here to be very uh, have a very inclusive podcast, right? Like we made we are two middle aged white guys. Um, and we've done our we've tried really hard right i have definitely tried really hard yep. to get uh people of diverse backgrounds on our podcast to talk hard talk about you know social issues yeah is yeah social issues yeah. right i'm really struggling with like candidates of diverse backgrounds are you, you're, like, are you not getting them yeah right it's also hard right you don't you see just names right you don't know if they're black or white right uh and you're so you're still hot you like you're picking from the people that have good backgrounds and that kind of stuff or b good uh, experience i should say and it's it's been more difficult uh to find uh, people well, with diverse backgrounds and we even you know it's so it's that's been that's been more challenging than i thought you know we're kind of you know the male female side of it i don't definitely don't feel that at all uh, that we have great male and great female candidates, but definitely struggling with uh, people of more diverse backgrounds, which I'm like trying my ass off to make sure that we've got a good candidate. Well, that's that goes back to the issue isn't going to be solved in the hiring process that's currently happening right now because there's such a sy systemic problem, which we've been uncovering. I mean, I don't know if you saw the, 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 the stuff that the Red Sox put out on social media on Martin Luther King Day of like what we're doing to try and take action versus just be like a, a quote from Martin Luther King, right? Like that's what most teams were like, oh, here's a quote from Dr. King. Like we actually put out a laundry list of things that we're doing as an organization because of what you just mentioned. The, the candidate pool is not going to be there today because of the years of neglect towards the diverse candidate pool to make them prepared or well-equipped yeah. to get the jobs that are available right now due to the fact of economic issues, education issues, just all those things that have been avoided for so long by sports teams and organizations that they need to step up and make those things like I'm sure. And I'm sure you probably get this a lot is you don't minor league baseball, minor league hockey, minor league, anything, even professional major league sports don't pay a lot of money. And the people who sometimes have to take those roles have a support system that allow them to take those roles. Yeah. Diverse candidates typically don't. And there's just, or relocating, like it's hard to pick up and move into a new city if you're not from said city. And Massachusetts itself is just not very diverse. Let's like, let's be honest. Like it's just not a very yeah, diverse right. place. Um, so there's like a there's a long laundry list of things that will eventually get us to that point that people need to keep doing so that in hopefully five, ten years, 
when you open that candidate pool again, it's flushed with diverse candidates because they've all been given this, the tools needed to get to the get them ready for that opportunity down the road. Like it's not going to yeah. be solved today. It's just not. I am hopeful that I can listen back to this podcast in you know short order that says now we're hiring for this other job and whoo uh, we have a, a very diverse candidate pool. It's you know uh, we posted. I'm very hopeful. We posted two jobs today. Did you see that? I did not. So. We, we posted two very unique, non-traditional roles at FSM. They are? So, research analyst is one of the titles, and I forget the other title is, but the, the genesis and the background of them, which is why I don't think too many people are going to reach out to me about them, specifically on this podcast listenership, is it's very private equity-based, Meaning, so you got to have a strong private. You got to know a lot of rich people. Well, is that what you're saying? Or no, no. At least analyze a lot of one, rich one, stuff? The, the the higher level role is someone who's like worked in private equity, like worked on like a Bain Capital or BlackRock, exactly. Who understands how to view valuations and put together financial modeling. The research analyst is an entry level role. Like you don't need any experience per se. You're just going to help build. You have to have, I'd say. a probably accounting background per or finance background in college. It's a very non-traditional way into the business. Um, and they're, they're going to work under a very small select group of individuals within FSG to essentially build out valuation proposals for other opportunities for Fenway sports group. That's pretty awesome. It's also got to be pretty cool to see that your organization is like, Looking at other opportunities. Yeah, and it's like they're. I mean, everyone knows. Like our our ownership group is very bullish. They. I mean, that's why FSG portfolio is what it is. So that's a. It's a. That's why the Oakland A's have a new general manager. Yes, but that all fell apart. <laughs> so that's why this is actually kind of happening because that all that all news everyone saw in the news about the whole SPAC thing. But um, essentially, these two people will come in and work under a. Um, I call it almost a strategic group within FSG that will be responsible for the future of the growth of FSG. So it's a very non-traditional That's cool. way into the business. Uh, and I think it's going to be a very unique candidate pool. Like it might sound like really fun to do, but I'm just going to tell everyone out there. You're going to be glued to Excel. Oh my God. Yeah. Like it's, it's a very, it's kind of what we talked about last week with DraftKings, right? It's a very data driven role. And financial modeling role. So if that's what you're into, it's the complete type of opportunity for you to pursue. Not something I wouldn't want to be the one doing what they're doing. I want to be the one doing at the front end of it, going out and negotiating based on what they, they, based on what they tell me with the financial models. I would take that and say, okay, I'm going to go do this and go to the table. Yeah, now let me make the phone call now with all this information. Correct. I don't want to do what they're doing on a day to day basis. I want to be the person. No, I blow my brains out. Yeah, no, it's not. That's not for me. Um, so yeah, that's uh, those are two posts they got. They actually went up on Teamwork Online. I saw today. Um, Interesting. So I'm sure people will be reaching out. But I would say very this as much as I can provide of information that I know of the roles. That's what they are. It's a very unique skill set. Well, go check them out. We should post them on. We'll post them on our social too. Absolutely. Yeah, the uh, at least the uh, entry level one. Right? Just don't call me for the job. <laughs> yeah, you have nothing to do with it. Neither do I. I have nothing to do with that role whatsoever. Uh, Unless I know you, I probably can't help you. One thing 
I wanted to talk about, and FSM is a good segue, I hope, into this. We were talking kind of offline uh, as we were prepping for our um, <laughs> for our podcast, and our prepping really is Chris and I catching up on life in general, and then saying, "Hey, we got to start a podcast. It's late. What do you want to talk about?" And then we talk about that. Um, so. In the FSM portfolio used to be Boston College Athletics. You guys were basically the Learfield uh, IMG of BC, right? So you uh, have a very good insight on the business model of what uh, college athletics looks like, right? So we had my buddy Mike Trudnack on. Uh, on a previous episode, he runs uh, Lehigh and uh, not Lehigh, Bucknell. I'm sorry, he's gonna kill me for that. Uh, <laughs> that's Bucknell, a big, that's a big also, mistake. You go, oh, that's a big mistake. Yeah, that's a that's a rivalry game. Um, but he, now he's like you know regional guy, he oversees Temple and Patriot League, and like he's he's the man now. Always has been. I'm a better salesperson than Trudnak. He knows that. I know that. Um, the but uh, so we've talked a little bit about this previously, but I think I wanted to get your perspective on the business of college uh, athletics and what it's kind of where it's at now, where you've seen it, where you think our listenership is like, is there a potential role for me? What are the roles in there? What what's t- talk to me? Talk to me, Goose. That's talk a movie me. quote. Talk to me, Goose. It is a movie. Quote. What's the, I'm, we're in like the twilight zone. COVID is COVID is rotted your brain into movie quotes. Uh, yeah, right. so there's, so there's two, there's two typical factions of how this works. So there's a ticket sales, which our former guest, Brian Specia, who runs the Brian USF Spicer. and, uh, uh, fill in host, right? He filled in for me one day. He did. Um, so he, he's in charge of the USF ticket sales side of things. So there's usually a ticket sales agreement with a, with a college and there's usually a corporate partnership agreement. And they can be two different organizations, by the way, like one could be IMG, one could be Learfield, why am I drawing a blank? Who the hell does he work for? Aspire. Aspire. So Aspire is mainly in the ticket sales department, ticket sales avenue, and then like a Learfield IMG will go in and do the sponsorship side. Um, and they don't necessarily like overlap too much. Anyway, we at Boston College, we were, like you mentioned, the IMG Learfield, where we would go out and do all the sponsorships for the football team and the hockey team. The way the model works is essentially – when there's an RFP by a school, it'll go out into the market and say, we have this opportunity to come and represent us on the sponsorship side. What will you guarantee us from, from an absolute bottom line? This is how much money we'll get up front, like Boston College meeting. And then above and beyond that, there's a revenue split after you get past a certain number. So it's, it's a model where you're taking a little risk as the organization basing betting on yourself that you can go and take that property and go make the money off of it. The school typically, though, also has the final say on said sponsorship and has to approve every deal because it's still their property. It's a tricky business in the sense that, especially like a big school, like if it's an, it's call it BCs. BCs like BC a big school. It is like it's a big AC. It's ACC. ACC Power Five School. ACC. Um, they. It's seventy five thousand dollars a year to go to BC. Um. $10,000, like, and, and, and to give people a sense, like, unless you're like Ohio State 
Michigan, those like Alabama, your sponsorships are typically in the ten to fifty thousand dollar range. Some six figures, not a ton. Um, it's like a minor league baseball setup. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, but with way more ability to provide national TV exposure because of ACC basketball right. and football. Um, so like when North, like so they when we were still representing them when BC beat Duke a couple of years ago when they were number one in the country. You're a sponsor of that game, like you get all that attention on the LEDs, whatever. So we would go out and talk to brands and bring sponsorship opportunities to folks to to activate on campus, uh, the tailgates, etc., all the whole nine yards. The model is changing rapidly, I'd say. The reason we got out, uh, we kind of I mean, we were there for twelve years, twelve years, and eventually you just kind of like go your separate ways. FSM was getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and we were getting more properties under our belt that would generate significant revenue for fsg right because like like i mentioned like you can if you're doing ten thousand yeah liverpool and uninterrupted is a little bit different than uh bc hoops no offense to bc hoops um but yeah Yeah, correct like it's it comes down to dollars but for the people like img or learfield that's their model like that's what they do that model starting to crack a little bit i'd say because the guarantees are getting so high it's getting harder and harder to recoup the dollars on the yeah, back right. end. But from a job perspective, um, the person that we kind of just hinted to, like came up through those ranks at BC, Ben Asipow was uh, one of our BC interns uh, who went as FSM associate who was worked under me. Like there's, I remember Ben. Yeah. There's a ton, like Amina who worked for us at BC was the partnership activation person because we had two people like literally on campus every day, who oversaw our sponsorships on behalf of FSM as their FSM employees. There's a lot of opportunity there. And college athletics from a from a sponsorship and school, like there's a lot of money to be had and made because there's people like alumni who live and die by those schools. Like there's 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 tons of value, et cetera. But um, it's a very just it's a very different, very different, I'd say, culture than professional sports. Yeah, um, more red. T- I hear the red tape is so much red tape, because yeah. here's the here. Like, I'll just give you an example. Coca-Cola was BC's campus's provider, so they have a massive deal with the campus of BC, right? That can't supersede any athletic deal you do. So any liquid, didn't matter what type of liquid, was banned from a sponsorship with the BC athletic team because of the deal with Coca-Cola for the campus. Jeez. So it's like there was in there, uh, from my understanding too, if you want to, you know, in minor league baseball, I can nearly make a decision today. And then tonight we're going to try it. Right. If you were to try it, it might get through the seven different layers and then you might be able to try it in like next year or six months from now, or, it was just, it's a little bit longer of a process. Way long. And it's, so the, I mean, if you were. A, I guess that's good and bad, right? I would be. As a salesperson, anyway. it's not good. As a, as, yeah, right. So, so if I was a brand, say you're the brand, and you were sponsoring or wanted to partner with a college, who do you think your target audience or who you'd want to be able to have access to would be the most? Like, what would make sense? You'd want to, to ask the, the students. Correct. You have no access to the students. You can't provide emails to the students. You can't. You have no way other than to be at like a tailgate to get access to the students. You don't get access 
to anything from the student base. So you can't say like, all right, guys, there's, I don't know, five dollars off the local pizza joint down the street and it's like well we email all the students nope can't can't, do, can't do that same thing with the alumni you don't get the alumni database either really correct it's a completely separate or the th- think about a college the alumni network is its own business yeah right so like you're doing a deal with bc athletics to put up your logo and go to the events and hope that someone like comes by it's it's a very different model and there's to your point there's a lot of red tape with that said, like there's there's a it's obviously a bazillion yeah, it's a very dollar, strong business bazillion dollar business billion, yeah billions and billions and billions of dollars. The other side of this that I really don't know about, and maybe we need to get a guest that can help us here, is like inside the inner workings of an athletic department, <laughs> right? The compliance side, the you know the I know there's marketing and PR, the athletic director side. I get it. And those are gigantic jobs, right? There's. I was listening to my Sports Business Daily, the uh, the Sports Business Journal podcast. That's like seven minutes each day. Yep. That I've talked about here. There's like a whole bunch of major athletic director jobs open, right? The Northeast, Northwestern, uh, Duke, um, some others. Another one, right? But those two pop in my uh, pop in my brain. Um, those. There's a whole side of that. Would you say I walk into the athletic department that? Is, uh, I just I have no feeling for it. it's it's a it's a big time political job. It's essentially what is a big time political job? The athletic director? Yes, it's a very political job in the sense that you're you're keeping the president happy, you're keeping coaches happy, you're keeping you're you're just kind of managing everybody to make sure everything's to your point in compliance, but you're 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 essentially also like a you're 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 politicking to the commissioner of your said league. There's a lot of, it's a CEO. It's almost like the CEO of the whole entire operation who's yeah, responsible for hiring and firing of all the major positions. But it's, it's a, it's a tough job. It's a really big job and they get paid a lot of money for said job. They, they, they do. But I would, I think we, maybe we should find uh, see if we can get an AD on here. And start talking about what's the inside of a uh, of an athletic department. It's a good idea. Uh, look like and you know how we can, uh, what p- kind of positions are available. I know that there's a bunch of interns that have interned like in their college athletic department. That's cool, but I think we need to kind of figure out. Uh, we should go talk to somebody about that. We should. I think that would be a very insightful, and I think you and I would learn something. No when we're uh, idiots on something and have someone else talk to us about it. But hey, I knew that you knew something about the BC stuff because you guys worked, you worked so closely with it for so long. I did. We had to go to all the games, BC football, BC hockey, BC basketball. Um, some of those football games were chilly towards the end of the season, but it was fun. Chestnut Hill is gorgeous. Oh, the BC campus is great, it, but I don't know. $75,000 makes me throw up. I can't. Yeah, no. I look, I look at the 529 every day for my kids. I'm like, yeah, they're going to be going to community school. Uh, so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's 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 a big business and it's definitely opportunities. And I think, I think from a job opportunity, if people are out there looking for jobs, there'll be a lot of, there'll be a lot of opportunity in the next for upcoming fall, right? Because by then, hopefully the vaccine's rolled out. Sports should just, be fired back up again. Yeah, I just lost a good intern candidate to a, taking a uh, BC. Uh, I don't know if it was BC or not. Uh, taking a college job. Took a full time job. No uh, internship. Oh, nice. I give them credit though. They were trying to go get their MBA, and there was maybe potential grad assistant stuff, which is cool. 
uh, and I get it, but uh, no, no, no ill will there. But uh, uh, you know, it's definitely uh, the inside college athletics. Uh, Matt Harper, he was uh, Harp did uh, he filled in for you that one time? Yep. And uh, he's a big college athlete athletics guy, and uh, I always would make fun of him. And uh, he would start coming in and in the beginning part of his uh, job, right? So he never worked in minor league baseball before. And he would start off meetings, you know, in college athletics, and then college athletics, college, and like he would start all these sentences in college athletics. And I would say, Hart, can you tell me about this <laughs> college athletics thing? And he would just use that uh, term all the time. I would bust his chops all the time. Is that sure you happened in college athletics? Speaking of busting chops, so after our Instagram live that the Friday night, mm-hmm. Rachel went back and rewatched the broadcast and I, I actually watched it with her because um, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm being, beefy. I've never rewatched, re-listened, re-nothing. I know. You guys are so much better. At this so time. she went and, so she went and she's like, I don't know why I just didn't watch this live. And I was like, yeah, I know Amy was watching it live. Anyway, she was watching it. Amy and Rachel are like two best friends that I've never met. Yeah. So she was, she actually was like, it was really, she, she was cracking up. She's like, she found it. It was, it was, by the way, it was really, I didn't realize we were on for like 47 minutes. We did like a podcast. It was long. We did, we did like a podcast. It was long. What the hell are we doing? It was 47 minutes. I think Instagram Lives was like a five-minute max. Like we're on for 47 minutes. No, no, no. Instagram Lives are uh, can be forever. I was watching. Uh, I have no idea. I I've literally don't, I don't watch. You suck at Instagram. I don't I watch too. What do we anything? What are we I don't watch any of that. So, so honestly, when we, you and I were doing it, in the moment, I felt really awkward. Why? Because I was like. I would never go watch this. Like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I don't care is what you just Like, said. I just don't care to watch someone talk to me about... But then I went back and rewatched it. And as I watched it, like, from an outsider's view and watched it, I was like, oh, I get it now. Like, this was actually pretty entertaining. Like, not to pat ourselves on the back. It was funny. But in the moment, it was like, what the hell are we doing? Like, we're just talking to each other on a... I was thinking... We should do one of these things on just Instagram Live. We did, but that's what we. I, but I'm telling you, if you go back and watch that, that's exactly what and we did. It was just one of these. It was literally it was just us. The us talking. Only time, but here, and this is this was the weird part about it. When we broke from you and I talking to take questions, it kind of derailed it and slowed it down. Oddly enough, like the purpose of it was the worst part of it for me. <laughs> but like when you and I were just like, shoot. what we actually wanted to do suck. But the other thing wasn't terrible. <laughs> no, like it was, it was, I was, she was, she was cracking up. Cause she's like, it was, it was funny. And like, I don't remember what the hell we talked about anymore. Cause I have so much other stuff going on in my life, but watching it back, I was like, Oh, I get why people would want to find this entertaining. But when we stopped like, Oh, and had a question. And then we just like took the question. It slowed it down. I did feel old when I was trying to answer the question. Like, Hey, I can't see. No, and then you're like, Oh, text us. I was like, text us. No, you did, there's no text. It's a, anyway. So I, I thank and applaud Alina for making us do it. Because, yeah, nice job, Alina. Because we should do it again. Oh, we should, we should like to your point. We should the do boss, it. The social media boss needs to put her fist down on the table yell at us and say do these things damn it well yeah i just i think to your point we should do like a podcast live like yeah but we did and if if you go back and rewatch it if you find 45 minutes of your life to go do this you should go back and watch it and then you'll get what i'm saying when i tell you but when we were but when we were in it i felt it sometimes like if there was like a 
like I was trying to picture the people who were in the room with us watching this. But then as I went back and rewatched it, I was like, oh, this was really funny. I was like, (laughs) I didn't feel weird one second. I didn't feel, I just was like, I would never take time out of my day to go watch someone do this because I don't do. I would. No, absolutely. I don't go on Instagram. My point is like, I don't go on Instagram. So like, I, I just doesn't. Like I'll watch, like I go on Twitter and I'm like, I'll see someone do like a 30 second like thing or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I'm next next. Like I, Twitter's more for me because I don't have the attention span. Like I'm just like. Yeah. Well, neither do I. And, but it's, it's the whole social media world is because you don't have an attention span. Ex- no, I get it. To the next but that was great that she made us do it because it got me out of my comfort zone of where I would never be like, oh, I'm going to just fire up Instagram and talk to people right now because they give a shit what I have to say. But then I'm like, wait, they do because we have a podcast and like 50,000 people have downloaded it. So like it was a mind, it was a mind F. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, go back and watch it. No, there's, I, I no, not you. I've already, not I've you. already experienced Not you. I know you're not going to do it. I'm saying if people haven't listened or didn't watch, go on our Instagram and actually get a bonus episode because that's really what it was. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Good way to put it. Bonus episode. Right, we've got some interviews oh, uh, lined. We do have interviews lined up, and we keep getting. By the way, I don't know who or what or how, but we keep getting submissions for uh, people who want to come on as guests, which is great. Yeah, we need to uh, we need, we need to respond to those. So, anyway, we got some. We should have somebody from the Celtics hopefully soon, right? They got correct. Go make sure they don't get in trouble, which is fine. Which you want? And then um, we got the Spikeball CEO, Spikeball founder CEO. Uh, he's, yeah, they're coming on. We're interviewing him in two weeks. Um, I got a connection from Maggie Lanter at Blue Wire Pods who connected me with someone who wants to come on our podcast. Uh, it's actually a former player who was the blind snapper, the blind long snapper for USC. Remember him? Oh, really? He's going to come on? So he started a company of sport, like, so after post-career. So we're going to interview them. Um, I, uh, I, we didn't talk about that. That's news to me. <laughs> look at that. And breaking beep, 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 breaking beep, 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 news. Uh, that's awesome that's a good one yeah no the people are reaching out they want they want to be on the, the rocket ship that is front office features i think it was the it must have been the instagram live <laughs> must have been the instagram live. <laughs> must have been all right uh before we go i want to make a quick uh congrats um one of our first guests first five guests probably i was like uh, yeah kurt, i think so. so something quick uh kurt hunzecker uh he used to be in the minor league baseball office where him and I became friendly. Then he went and became the president of the St. Louis Battlehawks of the XFL. RIP. Yeah, and they were doing great, right? They were selling tickets and sponsorships, and he was killing it. And then pandemic killed them. Uh, he he is now. <laughs> Such a terrible way to put that. <laughs> but it's true. Yes, it is. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. See? Uh, but now, Kurt... Uh, has landed on his feet, and Kurt is the vice president of business operations. Uh, your boss, of minor league baseball. He's your boss now. For no, he's not my boss. No, he's one of your twelve bosses. Major league baseball. No, he's one of your twelve bosses now. <laughs> you have to report. I already have thirty-eight of them. So <laughs> me too. Welcome to the club. And three, three of them live in this house. One's four months old. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, big shout out, Kurt. Uh, congratulations. Couldn't happen to a better guy. Uh, one of my favorite people in minor league baseball and is uh, landed on his feet. He's doing great. We'll have to bring him back for a second interview once he has his new, his new job and talk about new stuff. We should. We should have a uh, – we've had one two-time guest, right, Scott? Uh, 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 Dan Lust. 
Dan lost three time. Three time. Jesus, man. Not even, he wasn't really, a, he was a, he was an expert. No, let him a little more of a guest, right? We bring him in to talk about a specific. Yeah, he's very much an expert. Great sports law uh, expert. So follow uh, at sports law lust. He's a good one. He's a good one. All right. I'm good. You good? I have so much more to say, but I'm not going to say it. What? On what? No, Come I'm, on. I'm, no I'm not. I'm, I'm, we're we're going to end the podcast so I keep my job. <laughs> so. All right. Well, that's a weird way to end the podcast. I have so much more to say, but I'm not going to say Well, we have, we, good news is we have a thousand more episodes to do, so maybe one hey. day it'll, we'll have to save some content for next week. It's a teaser. Hey. Did we, by the way, we're did the we ever worst. do How to Quit Your Job? We're the worst Did teasers. we ever do that? I don't remember. Nope. Sure haven't. One day. <laughs> next week. <laughs> next week. Next week. Uh, all right. I'll see you later. Later. <laughs>